When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm joined by Washington legend Doc Walker as we discuss the Burgundy and Gold as he has referred to them for many years. Doc is fired up about some of the COVID issues and then we discuss his thoughts on Ron Rivera how he's handled the season, does it, and does he think Washington has enough to still make a playoff push? You can check out his podcast, the Doc Walker Podcast, and you can follow him on Twitter at Rick Doc Walker. I always love Doc's passion for this team and the sport, so I think you will too. As Listen, you've listened to him for years too. You like it too. You can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about Logan Thomas and the bad news he received once more with his knee. He does have ACL damage. He'll require surgery, but he's expected to be ready for next season. Of course, some of that will be determined on how the surgery goes. And then of course, what happens during the recovery. So really nothing's guaranteed when he'll be back, but that's the hope right now. With Thomas, there was some initial hope that he avoided an ACL tear based on some initial MRI readings. However, the belief is that the team still feared this might be the case, but Thomas kept seeking multiple opinions hoping he could find somebody who could tell him you don't need surgery. In the end, those opinions came back the same. He has ACL damage. So now he'll get it fixed. Faces a longer recovery. Hopefully for him, all goes well. Then on to the other stuff. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens this week with Washington. Heck, it's going to be interesting to see who's even available. There's a decent chance they'll have Casey Tuhill, or at least a chance. I don't know if it's decent. A chance they'll have Casey Tuhill and James James Smith-Williams back. But now... John Allen, Kendall Fuller, and Tim Settle are on the COVID list. So they could be minus three more key defensive players. Fuller's unvaccinated, so he's done for Sunday. That's a huge blow. Fuller's played really well lately, probably in part because they played a lot, a heavier amount of zone, which is his strength, but he's been good against the run in the past. Yeah, he dropped that ball the other day, but the kid has been really good. And I think that's a, that's a pivotal, pivotal loss. You're going to have Danny Johnson back there now. Daryl Roberts is coming off the COVID list, so he can help in the corner. But they're going to be thin there, and that's where you're going to use. Like, if anything happens there, I don't know if it's Troy Epke time or not, but just brace yourselves, folks, because, you know, that that could be. But I think that's probably still an emergency, emergency situation. But let's see what happens um, from here on out. But that's not an ideal situation. As for Allen, he's vaccinated, but he still has to have two negative tests within 20, within 48 hours before he can play. My understanding is from people close to him is that he doesn't show any symptoms, which is a good sign. The same is true of Settle, vaxxed, no symptoms. As everybody knows, you can still have the virus after being vaccinated. So they still have to have two negative tests in a 48-hour span. The tough part for a guy like Settle He's been dying for more snaps this year and finally would have a chance to get them if Allen couldn't play. Settle's entering his Frasian offseason, so a strong game for him. When you look at it from a financial standpoint in his future, it could mean the difference in a few million dollars per year 
with the new contract because he gets a chance to show. And he, he actually had a good game against Dallas. He's a good player. They just had no injuries with that defensive line. So he hasn't had many, he hasn't had as many reps as he liked. That's what the shame of this is. And, and they would have been, I don't want to say they'd be okay without John Allen, but at least you had a really good backup in Tim Settle. If both of them are out, big blow. Washington likes to use that 5B line set against running teams. With this kind of depth, that might be difficult. So who knows what they'll do? And Philadelphia is a running team. It's a shame that this is how the season has turned. A week ago, people were pumped because of the four-game win streak. And now there's a loss to Dallas with a string of bad news. That Philly game looks like a major uphill battle right now. And the fear would be, fear has to be, will anybody else test positive the rest of the week? It's only Tuesday. Let's get back to the field. And after re-watching the offense against Dallas, Dallas, you could see multiple issues in all facets. I'll talk briefly about the pass game, but so much comes down to Taylor Heineke feeling like he always needs to make the big play when they're trailing. It happened quite a bit Sunday, and he missed open targets because of it. On the throw over the middle to Cam Sims, in which five defenders were near him, he has Terry McLaurin running down the right side against a cover two look where he has a definite window to fit it in. Okay, maybe he wasn't part of the progression, but that was a bad decision by Heineke to make that throw and a fortunate one that it was not picked off. And he's been getting away with a lot of those. Heck, on the previous play, he threw into triple, threw to DeAndre Carter over the middle, three guys around there, and he's thrown to a guy who's 5'8 in a pack of defenders, guy's got no chance to get the ball. So I think that is a, uh, that's a brutal one. So those are two bad decisions. He also missed McLaurin in a rare one-on-one with Trayvon Diggs. And I say rare because Diggs often had help and did a great job playing to it with his leverage. But McLaurin on this play has a step on him down the side. And on the route, the ball's under thrown, allowing Diggs to recover and break it up. And it wasn't like he had him beat by a lot, but he had him beat by enough to make a big play, a missed opportunity. But the play that summed up his day occurred on the play McLaurin got hurt. On the play, it was a third down and five from Washington's 42. Heineke has tight end John Bates wide open over the middle against zone coverage. Easy eight to 10 yard completion. Easy. Doesn't take it. Cam Sims breaks open around the Dallas 40. Again, wide open. He starts to... This is when Heineke starts to extend the play. He's in his field of vision, does not see it. Even after he extends the play, both players are still more open, are still open, and even more so in his line of vision. On the right side, at the first down marker, is Curtis Samuel, almost doing jumping jacks because he's wide open. Nothing but green grass ahead of him for at least a 20-yard gain. Heineke, though, is fixated on McLaurin down the field, waved him to go deep to an area where he felt he had a chance to complete a big, big play. Throws a 50-50 ball. Now, if he has a stronger arm, it could be a really big play. If there's no, But he also had hurt his elbow in that game, and he said that it affected his throwing. So it, even with the arm, the elbow, I think, was an, it was an issue. The ball lingers. McClellan almost makes a terrific circus catch, but because it lingers, gets undercut, slams his head on the ground. Now he's got the concussion. Now, I'm not blaming Heineke for McClellan getting hurt because in this sport it happens. And there have been times where McLaurin has made a circus catch on that and doesn't get hurt. Stronger throw, and he doesn't get hurt. And he certainly was. And, and there's no way Heineke's thinking, uh-oh, I could get him hurt on this play. He's thinking he's got a chance for a big play. And so I'm not going to get on him. I can't get on for that. But the decision was bad. That's what you have to get on. That's what you have to look at. It. And Rivera talked about him trying to make too many big plays, and Heineke knows that. So what I'm telling you is what they already know. Um, and there have been a lot of good things that he's done. But this, when they get behind, this is what happens. And it's why he throws 
several near picks in a lot of these games because you can't keep forcing the ball. Make good decisions, one after another, after another, after another, and that's how you get back in games. Um, he's going to have to learn when I'm trailing by a few scores, when he falls behind, he starts pressing and makes bad decisions. Again, should have been picked off three or four times Sunday. While fans have long debated if he should or shouldn't be the guy, this team has known what they have in him. There is some wonder about his ceiling, but he has been viewed as a high-end backup and low-end starter. He can play in this league. He can make plays, and he has really good games. Like many quarterbacks, he's also highly dependent on other factors going well and the talent around him. There's no crime in that at all. And they have a good player in Heineke, but he's got to do a better job in his end during this push. One of the big things I heard at the beginning of the year, the way they're off, the way the, the way the defense is playing and the way the run game is going, this is what they thought they'd be at the beginning of the year. And this in training camp, this is when Fitzpatrick was going to be the quarterback. What you hear is he, they just have to take care of the ball. That's it. Well, that's what Heineke has to do a better job of here. And, you know, and, and I think that play sums it up. Don't oh, you had a chance for a couple 20 yard gains and a 10 yard gain at the worst and moving the chains. And he passed him up for a play that was at best 50 50. So he's got to get better in that area if they're going to if they're going to try and do this better. This is why the quarterback quest hasn't ended and it won't end after the season. What Heineke has done is raise the bar for whomever has acquired this offseason. They already know his level, so you don't have to force a guy if you don't think he's going to be better, but you can go and get a certain level of player. Um, Heineke's got four games to, change, to alter that opinion. He has solidified what they feel he is, um, but if you can lead a team to four wins with this, with all this stuff going on, that's that'd be a fantastic achievement. But it's why the run game is so vital. Dallas did a terrific job of controlling the line, making some blocks in the zone difficult. I saw Eric Flowers try to execute a reach block on a guy who was one player over. That's tough. He failed. The play blew up. They did not use as much motion in the first half, either in the run game, the jet action, for example. Dallas's linebackers played to stop the run. There were a couple of times they're two and three yards off the ball. It worked. They need Antonio to have a big game, Antonio Gibson to have a big game Sunday if they want to have a chance at getting guys back healthy for another rematch against Dallas. Finally, let's talk a little Micah Parsons. And I've seen some people talk about Chase Young compared to, to Parsons because of what Parsons is doing now and what Young hasn't done this year. And listen, there's no doubt that they, that Washington hoped that this was the kind of guy that the kind of year that Young would have, which is what Parsons is having for Dallas. No doubt. We all know that. Young had a terrific rookie season, though. In the second half of, the, of his rookie year, he was highly disruptive. So I'm not going to rewrite history because he did not have a big impact, as big an impact this season. Parsons is a phenomenal rookie and should have been picked in the top five given his ability and his performance, but he didn't play last year and that hurt his draft stock a little bit. Dallas does a good job moving around. The kid seems to be a smart player so he can handle different spots. Um, and I think that's all to his benefit. He's a different player than Chase Young. So what he does is not going to be what Chase Young does. Parsons can drop into coverage. You don't want Chase Young doing that, obviously. Um, they would do that on his certain blitzes, but not, not with regularity like they do with Parsons. As one person here told me, let's see what happens next year with Parsons after teams get more tape on him and start to spend an offseason. How do you then attack him? What do you do against him? You saw the extra attention paid to Young this year. He didn't handle it as well as he needed to. So this is what that's his goal this offseason. How do you handle it better? In addition to rehabbing, you've got to figure out how to handle situations where you're getting chipped, double teamed, facing different guys or different um, different scenarios than you did before. Young has to get better, get better and develop more to his game to counter the extra attention. But 
he remains a highly talented player. I'm not going to start writing guys off after year two because he tore his ACL and didn't have the impact. We saw it last year. Let's see what he does in year three. It's a big year for him. Parsons might just be a different dude too. And Dallas maybe just got fortunate that he did not play last year because if he did, there's no chance the Cowboys would have had a chance to draft him. Okay, that's enough for me. After this break, I'll be back with Doc Walker. What has him so riled up right now? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Doc Walker. Doc, it's always good to catch up with you. And before we get into the Washington football team and some thoughts there, I did want to start with Sam Huff's memorial because you said you went there. And I'm just curious what what you took away from that and how that how that went. And that was, I believe that was on what, Monday of this week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone is entitled to deal with life and death based on their religion based on their beliefs. For me, it's a celebration of someone's life. And uh, it's hard enough just living, you can mourn just living in our society. So it was good because every, you know, every, every speaker has a, a great story. Also, it allows you to see people, like I hadn't seen Frank Herzog in many, mm. many moons and Ernie Bauer, just seeing people yeah. that in our industry, we are a click. Yeah. And that click, for however long you're in quote office, we see each other like our family. We see, yeah. actually see you as more. much, if not more, than family. Mm-hmm. So when that is cut off for whatever reason, there is a huge void. And so when seeing those faces again and those people, I hadn't seen Chuck Sapienza mm-hmm. in a couple of years, and here's a guy I saw every day of my life right. for a long period of time. So it's just like with you and me. The connections are there, yeah, and I can do nothing but celebrate because all the good times we have. Because our industry is not one really of um, we don't cover like murders and stuff like the news. Most of ours, even though our sport, our subject can be horrible because the team doesn't win. It's not tragedy, right? And right, we right. Can make it seem that way, but we're just kidding ourselves. At the end There's of the day, it's sports. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's right. Sports. It's just entertainment. What what did Sam mean to this franchise? Obviously, probably more so as a broadcaster, as a player, but what did you yeah. what did you think he meant here? I, I just fact that the guy for me, it was huge because he was in business. I knew Sam from as much as a Marriott, right? As being a, a, a player here, I knew him as a giant megastar. Right, right. So it was layers of that. So he had, and he's a great storyteller. 
Yeah. And so the stories about Jim Brown and him, him in West Virginia, his father, we talked about him as a coal miner, just sheer toughness. Sam to me was always a linebacker. He didn't have to be in uniform. That's how he lived. And, but he was a high IQ guy. Yeah. And the connection for me, because I've always been a guy looking for life after the game because I say, wait a minute, this is temporary. Why right. is everybody throwing everything into this and you die young? So he was with the Marriott and 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 I was because I, I like the fact that they have the big ironing boards. So right. if, you're, if, you're, if you're over 6'2 or so and you go into place, they give you that little baby thing. I hate that. Marriott always stayed with the big ironing board. So I got a chance to do Sam and to meet people in the organization sharing those stories. So we had a business type connection as well. Um, and that's what I, I just always enjoyed the guy. He was a mega star who didn't talk down to you. Right. right, like right. Just person to person. Yeah. I appreciate that. Cause there's some real jerks in our business. Yes. They really are. You know, and I would say it if I, if I, if I, if I felt it, but the guy was tough guy that I enjoyed treated me fine. And I, you know, I'm in their room with Sonny, Sam, and Frank yeah. as a puppy, as a broadcaster. They could have high-sided me. They could have, but they didn't. You know, and Sonny's the life at any party. You know, but Sam and I, yeah, we were good. And, you know, it's funny because they, they had that click where it was just, it always felt like two, you know, two, two crazy uncles or whatever talking at the bar, just going back and forth about the game in a knowledgeable way. But that's what made their chemistry fun on the radio. Yeah. And Herzog, that's right. a tough job. He navigated that thing, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was amazing. Plus, working in, in news, I knew Frank on a different right. level, you know, because I was with George. And so, and then with Brenner before that. So I just almost everybody at that in that room, we had cross connected. And then our former players, see, Brig Owens, my hero. So I get to see, it just, these are things in life. Just as yeah. we celebrate a birth, this is, I celebrate someone's departure in honor. Or I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't well, and, be yeah. yeah, and he lived his life a certain way that was worthy of celebrating, absolutely, without doubt. And I will say on a, on a different note, Doc, I'm okay with those smaller the ironing boards they fit me okay so i haven't had to worry no. about the i don't Give me I can't the worry. big one yeah the, six, the, pro, the problems of the six two guys doesn't they don't pertain to me so but i do think yeah. that's you know but yeah but the marriott is you know people and he also owns some horses out in middleburg so well yeah and also going out to middleburg and going out and the fact that his love of the horses and we've mm -hmm. been out to to the uh track and we've had luncheons we've had a number of different things the fact that pro football teams stay at Marriott's because of Sam Huff, mm -hmm. that's the business side of it. You know, I grew up in the dumb jock era where somebody said, you know, really, I played the sport they regard as the dumbest sport, right, right. you know, to play football. And then, so when I see a guy who's a, an executive with Marriott and they get it and to see their growth in the company and because of that, that had an influence on me. And so I appreciated it. And it was, um, they're never, I never say they're fun. I just say I, I left, I walked out of there feeling better than I did when I walked into it. And and that's, that's, you know, that's, again, that's when you know somebody had a life worth celebrating. So yeah. let's turn to the football team and the product in the field. You know, all this attrition going on and what they have, what all these players they lost, what is a challenge? What 
challenges that pose as we go down. There's four games left. They still have a shot at the playoffs. They still control their destiny. But how much will that impact of that attrition make? Well, that's on them. We saw how they reacted to losing two of their prize bulls, the defensive ends. They're young. And again, and I'm guilty of this as well. When they're going and making plays, we go, wow, but we st- they're still young. Right. And so they got to learn the game. They're going to make mistakes. They put a C on one of their chests. I think that's – I would never do that. Mm. It's not fair to him. Right. But they do it over and over because they equate success with leadership. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Leadership right. means I'll never have to tell you where to be. You're already there. Leaderships mean you're going to be vaccinated because your coach coming off cancer. Right. So it just makes sense. That's leadership. I can't blame them because they're young. Right. But I damn sure wouldn't let young people dictate my program. You would be on Zoom. You wouldn't be in my building. Or you wouldn't get paid. Or you'd be on IR. Whatever it took, I would have a zero policy. Period. I don't care who you are. Because you got to think of the masses. Not an individual. Not because they're celebrities or they're stars. Ah. It just infuriates me here. This is basic. It's a, it's a team effort. We make no exceptions. If my coach could participate with cancer and not miss work and lead, then I expect the rest of you to do your damn job. How do you think that rubs off on other players? Because early, you know, and I know like some of what we're talking about, obviously guys being, you know, getting COVID, some of whom were vaccinated, some of whom were not. Um, but the bottom line is their player losses. So early in, the, in August or whatever, players would say. We were the worst. No, 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 John. Yeah, no, no, no. We right. were the worst. We were the worst. And then okay. they were the worst. And then like, but then they got better. But what you also heard at that time were players saying, hey, it's their choice. It's their choice. Do you think they'd have a different song now? Because, it, you know, like, especially in, in Montez's case, you know, again, whatever anybody thinks of it, he chose not to. And then he's got it. Now others chose to get it and they still got it. Or chose to get the vaccine, but they'll be out a shorter period of time. So, but I am curious, like if you're another player, how do you view it now that you know you're losing guys and you're four games left and you have a shot at the playoffs? I don't know. I can't speak for how they run their team. I'm just saying to me, leadership, but if you're a fellow player, as a fellow player, like if you're a player, I have a problem with it. I have a problem with you affecting my family's livelihood. And yeah, and if you made more than me and you had more money, that's human nature. I'd go, how dare you jeopardize my family in that? And your family might be better off because you have a higher platform. But see, that doesn't happen with teams because the leadership would never allow that to happen. We're one. We all take one step. It would never happen. You think if Joe Gibbs had cancer, I wouldn't have gotten vaccinated? I would have done that out of love of him, even if I didn't believe into it. Do we think our, our, our EMTs, our fire, our rescue, our Marines, our Navy – do you think they're coming up there making those individual decisions? No, no, because they represent the flag. So they have a, 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 it's bigger than them. That's what it's called team. And that's why it's ridiculous. And then we were in last place in training camp. It's ridiculous. And so as a byproduct, now the rest of the league is suffering from still scatter. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I don't give a damn about the rest of the league. All I'd be concerned about burgundy and gold. And it wasn't handled well from the start. And this is a byproduct of it. So how many, how many player losses are too much for a team to maintain a certain level of play, do you think? Well, the league's going to make money because TV. 
<laughs> so they suit they suit me and you up if they had to yeah. to get their share of that of that of that, of that royalty. Dude, nobody's going to stop. This train's going. But when it gets to SoFi and the Super Bowl, watch what happens in those two weeks. And this is what everybody's nightmare is. What about if it happens to a quarterback? Right. What about it's Tom Brady? See, but this is what their organization, first of all, Tom would never allow it to happen because he's the ultimate leader. Even if he don't believe in it, maybe even if against goes all about that, he understands he's the leader. And that's what leadership is all about. The fact that we're having this conversation is not a good sign for the overall leadership. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, again, my concern or question would be product on the field and the impact just, you know, there are guys with torn ACLs and there's guys with concussions who may not play. How much is too much? for a team to handle when it comes to player losses, whether it's injury or whatever? Well, it's going to be balanced on the opponent because Philadelphia's going to have – it's not like they're coming right, up from right. another country and then no, they got right, the same right, thing right, we've got. Right. And they're going to have – some jerk is going to show up late and may get suspended or be disciplined. That's what this race is all about. My 53 plus a practice squad against yours. My general manager, my players, my scouts, our intel. It's just like our, our offensive line. Look at all the change. Look at the job John has done. Yeah, I mean, he's done a great job. I, I can't tell who's in the game. He's mm -hmm. on his fourth center. It's amazing. And you know why I can't tell? Because there's no high snaps. There's no dribbling snaps. Mm -hmm. There's no free runners. They, they're tight ends and offensive line and running backs because, hey, He's had to coach wide receivers. Mm -hmm. let's, not, let's not lessen the fact that we came up with this Smithsonian report that we're going to transfer wideouts to running back. Okay. It's worked out. The guy's pretty good. But mm -hmm. it's still for the coach. If you're Jordan. Randy Jordan's done a good job because he's still. You listen, I'm telling your wife, hey, babe, Dave, good God almighty. <laughs> well, he's still, he is still teaching him how to play the position. And I will say, like, before the draft, every you know, the, even even um, Gibson's agent said every team looks at him as a running back, but you still have to coach him hard to be a running back because there's still things that you hear them talking about that he's still having to work with. That is like, okay, this is a uh, running back education here, and Randy's done a good job with that. He's got him. He's got an undrafted free agent, Jared Patterson, who has contributed when he's been in there. But he's um, a running back. But he's, he's a running DNA back. running back. Correct. And you can see the difference. You can see the difference. And there are times with Antonio where they're having to deal with shoulder lean, body lean, and getting your running below. Castro, I yeah. blitz him. I, 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 if I'm playing against you. That's what Dallas did. Sick the dogs, A-gap him, and make him prove. And they did. And, you know, and, and there have been did. times where he's handled it. And I give, like, that's oh, he's credit a, to him. He's good. And I credit like to, yeah. But then um, Micah got him the other day on one. And so, yeah. you know, but it is, you're right. It is a, he is a work in progress. And I think one of the things, if you're, <clears throat> that benefits him is that he hasn't played it. So he doesn't have the wear and tear on him that if they can get him to a certain point, he could be really good for a few years in a oh, yeah. multi-dimensional role. Yeah, McKissick in his show. Yeah. Everybody has to play shorthanded. I didn't hear anybody crying from Dallas last year. I mean, some of our fans still took credit for a sweep. I <laughs> never acknowledged it because it didn't count to me. Prescott wasn't playing. 
I'm not going to brag. You need to wear, you wear glasses to see. I take your glasses off. You can't read. Am I going to say that? Oh, John's a dumb dumb. No, I'm going <laughs> to say he didn't have his glasses on. So I didn't count last year at all. It meant nothing to me. I don't brag on beating you shorthanded. I want every starter to play. Yeah. I want you 100%. Then I can relish in beating your ass. See, that's the whole difference. These guys are young. See, they don't, I mean, they're growing. And we just had four weeks where we were patting on the back. I didn't have vomit in my mouth for a month. And everything was good. And then all of a sudden, we got a big game. And all the Dallas, the D.C. Dallas nation, because that's what I call them, right. D.C. Dallas nation, they come to come out, yeah, full force. And I thought, we got them. And then, oh, I'm going to bring my own sideline bench with the Cowboy logo. And the head coach says, yeah, we're going to beat them. I go, wow, are they cocky or not? We're going to jump. And then what happened? We come out flat. Yeah. So They admitted it, too. They did. They, and they also – Re, re, they chose resilience. Yeah. And I think eight dropped the dime on one and he dropped. Oof. Yeah, that was pass, tough. And the forward pass. Don't think I didn't see the trajectory and I didn't see the velocity and I'm going, give me more him. I want to use him in concert. If Taylor is hurt, then what the hell is the benefit? He's well, a leg man. And I want him to even run more. I wish he would run more. Now, if he's hurt, there's no way in the hell I'm putting him out there. Well, the, the, the problem was the other day, too, he was late on a lot of things. And he was off but, but on a lot of things. And that's, like, that's where I say, like, you, when, you know, Kyle Allen throws a different ball. And I don't, you know, they're not going to bench him. So, you know, it is what it is. But, um, and, and I thought, Taylor. Oh, time out, time out. What do you mean? It's not about benching him. He's injured. No, if he's healthy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I keep yeah, going gotcha. with okay. it. No, no, he's okay. earned that. All right, good. I just he's wanted to clear that, that up. No, right. no, 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 no. That's fine. And I, he, I'm with you on that. Yeah. He's earned that. So if he, he's he, hurt, you know, then yes. You know what he does? Yes. Yeah. He gives the lead. He, they are so void of what he has. He gives he's a He's got spark. that it thing. Yeah, he gives a He's spark. a leader. And they don't have a lot of leaders. I don't no, give a damn what no. anybody said. This team right now, they could lead me. All I'm saying is that he's a leader. They need what he, he has. He has a swag to him too. And I like dirt with the pro the hard part for Taylor is when he looks bad, he can look really bad because there are parts of it. He has to play with for them to be maximized his ability. They have to play from ahead because then he yeah. doesn't feel the need to force throws. And he forced a lot of throws, but I don't think that he said his knee is not the issue. So we'll see. Um, but yes, if he can't use his legs, I'm with you. Then that renders him more ineffective. So I, I would be with you there. I just just to clear that up with, with what we were going. Oh no, no, I'm saying you know Billy Kilmer didn't have he didn't get style point, but guess he no, compared he to Sonny Jurgensen. Right, right, right. So Sonny's a ten on style points, but I tell you what, the Bruin had heart, mm -hmm. heart. That's what Hein. He just I ain't never going against him on that unless he's injured he did not run i think he is predetermining his read options yeah 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 which hurt him two weeks ago i think he's trying to preserve himself it ain't about you taylor if you nicked you got to move out not just for the moment because the other guy's got a gun and he can move too well it's not personal i just need to score <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. i just these guys it's all about separate agendas not just trying to promote. I'm not trying to promote anything but a W. Well, you know, the hard part for Taylor, and I know this mindset, which he was out of the league for a couple of years, 
in the in his mind is like if I relinquish any snaps, it could cost me. And that's a now the right. other thing to your point, I was gonna ask you about this too, going back okay. to what you said about him. When he's hurt and leaving the field, one of the Dallas defensive linemen came up to him, talked to him for a second, and pats him on the helmet. Like it was a to me, that was a like you don't see that exactly. So that's what even though he had a bad day, I'm thinking this guy, like it's to me that said something. Competitor. You know, it's like like Joe Theismann, our quarterback. He was obviously far more talented, but he was the competitiveness. It happens with people whose stature, if you're 6'2 or under, you know, and then he's got a – but he right. plays big. And But Joe had a gun. Joe, I mean, it's we're in a passing league. It's right, football. Right. So I equate it to a quarterback – that may not have those to an NBA player that doesn't shoot well. Don't mean that Westbrook is not a hell of a basketball player. Right, right, right. They don't shoot well. Right. So I don't want Westbrook to have a ball in his hands if it's if we're down the crunch. Well, if he's my quarterback, what do I do? Well, you're in a problem. You, you got a problem because it's a Westbrook situation. Yeah, he can give you a triple-double. He can help you do all that, but he can't shoot. Right. And you know he can't shoot. So you got a guy, if I'm playing you, Man, I'm going to blitz him. I'm going to force him. Around. Then I'm going, well, that's when he's at his best, when mm -hmm. he's moving. But it's inconsistent. We just don't yeah. know. But we do know. We just don't want to admit it. And I hope to God that we're not going after this folk hero crap because we're the biggest marketing brand on earth. So we'll take them, you know, oh, well, we can move that. No, we can't. We got to win the game. If we win the game, then we can market him as much as you want to market him. And, and I think, you know, for the fans here, you know, when people say, well, how can you get it back to FedEx? Win. I mean, I know there's other things that people complain about, but it starts yeah. with winning. Like, you yeah. know, if, you, if fans say, I'm not going to go there until this guy sells a team. I'm not going to go there until they do this. Well, test that theory. Win some games. Win, have a couple good, have not just a nine and eight season, have a couple really good seasons back to back. And then if they don't show up, then you know you've got a problem. They have yeah. give test that theory about when they would or wouldn't show up, right? I agree. They I haven't mean, done it. Yeah, they and they were talking about the Dallas fans. Well, we travel well too. My memory yes. is still pretty good. Yeah. We invade. Look places. at Vegas. 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 Jeez. Yeah, we invade every and game. Yeah, and yeah, I tell you what, now I caution you. Leave Philly out of the equation. It's not safe. I don't ever <laughs> yeah, I tell know, people. I agree. Uh, yeah, don't don't yeah. send your loved ones. And I hate the fact that I have to make the disclaimer and that the NFL is gutless and the Philadelphia Police Department is gutless, that they allow these thugs to intimidate people and get away with it. But they do, and they get away with it. It is what it is. How do you think Rivera has handled this season? Well, it's challenging. I think challenging because I think Ron just got healthy like three weeks ago mm -hmm. to where his – own personal energy. Energy, yep. And I've said I'm so I admire what he has done under the circumstances. So I put an asterisk by it because my God, I'm going, but he could, I mean, his staff, I'm sure they volunteered. He's a linebacker, man. He's not gonna wilt. So he keeps going. But when since he's been throwing that stone and since he's done walking up that sidelines, talking in tongues. That's the Ron Rivera I know. <laughs> you, you, like the that, Ron Rivera. you like that rock throwing? I just – I like Ron being Ron. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's it. Now, whether it's rocks or whatever it does, he's got something about him that players understand 
it's time to go do this thing. And when he speaks in tongues and starts being himself <laughs> with the level of energy, that's the guy. The other guy, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I, that I don't know. But it's up to the players, and I think they're willing to take – I keep saying, man, they'll do anything for him. Then I go, oh, but get vaccinated. Or, oh, but do this. See, so talk is cheap. Ron is no stranger to December. I think these guys love him. Now they got to show it. It ain't about talk. Go out and cover kicks. Carter, return the ball. You gift it. Give, come out of there like a bat out of hell. See, we're so used to Nelms and Mitchell. All of our success in our successful years have always had a unique individual with returns. We're not, we got to have that. He's it. I thought he was shorter. I thought he, he, he didn't pull the trigger against Dallas. And he's got he's got a lot of ability there, and I I still think yeah. he'll probably break another one this year. I do I too. Because I, I think too. he's got that ability. What one thing after the game, and I had a couple of people comment to me on this is when Ron said, "Hey, that game was a tale of two halves." Uh, um, do you think that was? Do you did you see improvement in the second half, whether it's offensively and all that, to where it was that? Do you think that was just coach speak? What would you be saying to your team privately about that game to to make sure something like so it doesn't start like that again? Well, I think he said it at halftime because they started off awful. And uh, for them to be flattened up, here's another thing. He took responsibility. He said what I've been praying for all of them to say throughout the organization. I'm the head coach. It's on me. I didn't have him ready because he establishes the fact that he's the guy. He's the straw that turns the drink. They embarrassed him in the first half. And guess what they did? They came out roaring in the second half to make up for it, but they didn't win the game. Because if they've won ugly before, we just didn't about Atlanta. That was an ugly win. They've had an ugly win. We go, oh, it's over. We won. But if they come up short and you lose, now we dissect it. Now we got back to five classes on. Same thing. We've had, we've looked ugly and won. We could have come back on that one. It would have been a great win, but an ugly start. Mm -hmm. And you played, their superstars were limping. You let Dax and Zeke get away with average performances. That's that de- right. And I think I think this defense played really well all game. Yes, they did. They held mm-hmm. the three in the first drive. And you know, 29 has a ball in should oh man, it should have been picked. Yeah. He played it great. He played it great. Played it great. And then, you know, and and then he dropped it. And so so we got his drop. That's a drop. Yeah. Carter, that's a drop. Yeah. A miss is different. Jamin drops miss one, too. A Jamin. drop. Yeah, like a, Doc, think about those. They had two drops that led that on those drives, extended drives, and yeah. they got six points out of those drives because yeah. two field goes Jamin and then and then um, and Kendall. And Kendall played a good game. He did. Yeah. But he dropped it. And then, you know, it's too bad. It's like, I mean, he was in perfect position. He reacted well. I was just watching that play again this morning. Nice job. Yeah. And yeah. it was just, you know, yeah. I mean – I like Kendall as a player, so but oh, I love, he dropped I love it. Kendall it's as a player. And he'll say, the, he'll say the same thing. He dropped it. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, but he didn't play. Kendall, to me, is a Pro Bowl talent. He's we good. can't be good unless he's that. He's too he's good. He's been playing really well the he's, last half yeah, of the year. Oh, game. man, his instinct, yeah, right. he's coming back. Other thing was that on the screen that was tipped and intercepted, intercepted mm-hmm. because they we don't get touchdown. that cut block, that's yeah. a fundamental. Your job is when we say cut a guy <laughs> – that means we need his hands down. Right. Okay. Now, he got him, he got him lowered, he but got not. Yeah. 
that's not good enough. How hard is it to get a guy like that down? And and not just to make an excuse, but that's that's a really good player. And like you see guys, the Montez or Chase, when they're going right and they beat that cut block, how hard is it to get a guy down in that situation? It's it's hard to get an athlete there, but our guys sharp. And I'm not trying to make excuses for them. No, no, they're long. They got to get the job done. Like, in other words, that's your assignment. If you get that, that play. That's a touchdown. May score. It was so it was, wide open. Turner, we'd be saying, hey, Coach, what about Coach Turner? What a play call. Lack yeah. of execution. Then we get two – our two prize bulls line up offsides on defense. That, that yeah. We, 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 we're not good enough to spot teams yardage and give them field position, to drop interceptions, and to blow plays that might have blown up. Now, do we give the opponent credit? Yeah, they got some people back. They dropped, a, they dropped a few picks, too. They dropped even oh, more picks. The, the guy – hey, look, I yeah. just sent a check to the kid in in <laughs> Vegas because if he, he dropped the pick six at the end. Yeah. We're living – Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why I should never even get angry because yeah. we are so fortunate to be where we are because Heineke – between Heineke and Gibson, they they've given – so much away in turnovers and potential turnovers, I can't even be angry. I really do. You know, do you know what the fun, the the thing that for me going forward, what has been the most important thing is the development of the defense and how well they've played because that has to be your bedrock moving forward. That's where your talent is. That's where you're closer to being a really, really, really good group. So if they had struggled all year, to me, there's a massive problem. And but they haven't, they've gotten better. And so, like, that's one of the things that whatever happens in the next four games, that's a positive development in this season to move forward. So, you know, that hey, you've got this side of the ball almost where you want it. Yeah. You know, John, I call it fertilizer. We've already started fertilizing 2022 because Chase, he's he's fertilizing. I mean, these guys, we're going to get back. It looked like Rulie. I'm just, I'm so, I get giddy just thinking about the fertilizer that we're putting out there for the next campaign. Well, there's young guys getting experience. Yeah. Yeah. They'll get, well, Smith Williams, perfect example. I like to me. That was a tragic loss. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about tragic loss. That dude is playing. He's tough. He sets the edge. Mm -hmm. He gives you consistent pressure. That couldn't get out of his own way. We gave up three sacks that we just didn't have enough pressure. Now they did a good job, but then I can say, Hey, hold it. Dallas played without their guys for three weeks to four weeks. So just go with whoever's in the uniform who picks and, up a check on Mondays is paid to do their job. Yeah. So it's opportunity. Maybe. Well, and yeah. like to, to me, if I'm a coach, the number one thing I'm going to tell a guy, and I think Rivera has pretty much done this, like, Hey, you're missing. This is your chance. This league is full of guys who got their chance and succeeded. And now you can make your money. So go ahead and do it. Like you, that's the only way to pitch it. I do think at some point, when you have so many of those guys, it's difficult. But what are your expectations? Last thing, your expectations for the next for this week, for the next four weeks? Yeah, well, again, and you know me well enough, we can only look at Philadelphia. It to me, the season, this is a season ender. Uh, I thought had we beaten Dallas, we were giving ourselves a little bit of breathing room. Right, right. But right now, we're already in the playoffs. I said it last week. What are we talking about? We're in the playoffs now. We need to go out every week as single elimination, mm-hmm. win, win or die. 
And and for us to be, and I, I and I love Sheen. You know, we both love him. <laughs> I couldn't wait to hear his scenario about he was listening to something <laughs> ESPN you guys have called some kind of playoff wheel Play, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I am in tears laughing because he loves this stuff. If this, if that, he's the best in the world at it. Yeah, I don't even think about it. All I care about Ron Rivera's job and Jack Del Rio's job is to get these guys to realize that if they don't win, they walk home. Mm-hmm. They don't even get an airplane ride home. In other words, we'll leave you in Philadelphia. We have to go there with the idea that it's win or die. And if he can't get his team ready for that, then they're all done. Then stick a fork in them because it's not going to matter that way because Dallas and everybody, it won't matter. And that's what he's got to get him to do. And he didn't get it done last week because they came out looking right. like they were dumb Dora. So they got to take it personal. It ain't about scheme. And it, it's about kicking Philadelphia's behind because they can. And if they do that, then we'll get ready for Dallas week again. Doc, you got me fired up, ready to go. How's that? I'm ready to go. Doc. So, you know, we no, can, just, they might they may call us. Listen, I had a dream about a month ago that the Chiefs wanted to sign me as a safety. I'm like, what do they want to sign me for? But they're going to pay me 600000 okay. so I'm going to do it. But I'm too old to play safety anymore. But I was going to do it. It was a dream. John, <laughs> the checks that those guys that's, pick up on Monday. That's when you know the season's too long for me. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, I don't think I could get through pregame warm-up, but I tell you what, for those checks that they pick up on every other yeah. Monday, I well, was not trying. In in my dream, I had to weigh that six hundred thousand versus I could get killed by one run guy running me over. Just grab the legs, but I could get killed doing that. So yeah, it's and a don't risky close your eyes. Don't drop your right, head. Close right, right, right. No. Keep your eyes open. I, I know what my job is. Just get them down, baby. Get them down. That's so, it. That's it. But if I survive, then we'll see. Doc, tell people where they can find you now. Down uh, Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com slash Doc Walker. The podcast, we're having some fun, man. It's really, it's, um, we're getting close to the John Kime in your podcast and what you've been doing. I'm just following, <laughs> but it's real. But again, it's a disclosure on mine. We're not for everybody. We got like the Surgeon General patch. It, you might not be, you, it, it's not for everybody. But if you feel like you're real and you can take it, we'd love to take a shot at you. That's why I have you on, Doc. You're the best. Thank Thanks, you, man. man. Appreciate it, dog. God bless. Happy holidays. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Doc for joining me and thank you as always for listening. I'll be back with another episode Thursday as we preview the Eagles game with ESPN's Tim McManus. Talk to you next time.